You're listening to the Talk of the Tribe, Wapsie Valley Warrior Podcast, brought to you by Little Wapsie Communications. Their state-of-the-art fiber network is complete in Fairbank, ready to serve your home or business with the fastest internet in town. Orin Mutual Telephone Company, serving the area since 1911. Orin Mutual is a modern, independently-owned telephone company providing internet and telephone services to Orin, Iowa, and the surrounding rural area. RTC Communications. They are here to provide high-quality, superior service to you, the customer, by offering great customer service and the services you want and need to work and stay connected with family and friends. This is the Talk of the Tribe podcast, coming to you from the center of warrior country. Here are your hosts, Zach Favors and Riker Oberly. Welcome in to episode 14 of the Talk of the Tribe podcast. I'm your host, Zach Favors. And, uh, yeah, it's been a busy week here. Um, I'm currently just got out of football practice, so I'm here recording. We're here to go on this beautiful Wednesday morning. Um, it's 9.01. Um, this morning when I'm as of recording, I should say, and it is Wednesday, October 4th and man, has it been a, a, a busy last few, few days here, but, um, I don't want to waste much time, but, uh, I'm going to say this right now. We're looking playoff football's almost here. Volleyball's getting towards the end of their season. Cross country's almost done as well. I believe district cross country is in like 15 days. Um, so we're getting to this kind of playoff time. You might see some more coaches. I might try to get Austin Shepard or, or uh, Dwayne Foster back on here to try to give a recap before we head into um, their postseason action. And we'll be covering that um, as long as they are here at home, which I believe football, if they win out, they play BCLUW this Friday at home, and then they head on the road to Nashville Plainfield to go play them. If they win these last two games, they're going to host the playoff game this year. So that will be covered by uh, Riker Oberly. And then if volleyball plays at home this year, um, obviously me and Riker will be covering that as well. So right away, conference volleyball last night in Grundy Center. It was a battle uh, for Wapsie Valley. They played a really good game against Hudson, won that in two sets, and then moved on to go play Grundy Center, second-ranked team in Class 2A, um, I believe behind Dyke New Hartford. So... Wapsie uh, did get swept there 2-0 against Grundy Center. So they will be uh, taking on Sumner Fred Union and South Harden in a uh, another kind of quadrant there um, of the backside, kind of the consolation side of the NICL volleyball tournament. So I don't know if Wapsie will be hosting. I doubt it anytime soon. But, uh, yeah, I really don't know how that's going to go on. Trying to look at. Uh, schedules here. All it really says is I believe Grundy Center is going to host um, Dighton Hartford uh, tomorrow night and the game before that will be Appleton Parkersburg versus Denver. So Wapsie Valley Volleyball, they're, they're a really tough uh, grind, kind of grinded out team and they are, they have their moments and they're going to have their moments, but you know, they went up against a really good team. I mean, we're ranked 11th in Class 2A. They're ranked 2nd. So there's a there's a decent difference there. I mean, nine place rankings is a, is a decent amount. But um, I think overall, from looking at it, I believe the scores were 25-20 and 25-19. So I mean, we're right there. 
I mean, you're five, six points away. That's not a big difference, but um, it really doesn't. Uh, we got to figure out how, how we're going to go about this because postseason is basically here. Um, I believe they have senior night next Tuesday at home, so against uh, Columbus Catholics, so I'll be there doing that. But uh, I don't know what to say. I, I'm excited for them to get into the postseason action, and you know, may, hopefully they're going to make it back to the state tournament again. Um, but this is just such a, a tough class in Class 2A. Um, I was talking to Blake uh, Blake Boer earlier, um, probably a few days ago, and we were talking about volleyball. And he goes, I mean, Class 3A is harder than Class 2A to play in. And usually when you go up a class, the competition gets better because, you know, bigger schools, they have more of a, uh, a pool of kids to choose from. Well, than what the smaller schools have. Because, I mean, Wapsie's Class A. I don't think Wapsie is going to have a real good time playing Southeast Polk on a Friday night. But, you know, you never know. So, it's it's harder to play up a class in Class 2A. And Wapsie's played a lot of Class 3A teams. They've played Union, uh, who is Class 3A. And I really, I'm really struggling to get a handle on this whole conference deal. Because you have teams that are in 2A playing in the same conference as teams that are in 3A. I don't know how that makes sense, but apparently it does. Because we switched from um, a kind of, you had a, a little conference inside your class. So you were in a class, so obviously Wapsie's in class 2A. And I believe how it used to work is you had just your, the teams in your area that were in the same class. Or it was kind of structured differently than what it is now. Now it's just the teams that are in your area are in your class so that's why you have Wapsie playing Union on, on a Tuesday night but uh you know it's it's what it is I don't think they're going to change it anytime soon so you just kind of had to deal with uh, the cards you were dealt so I, they've done a really good job and I think they're gonna they're gonna go a decent um they're gonna go pretty far in the in the in the postseason Wapsie's usually really good at when once they get to the postseason they're in good perfect condition to make a playoff run. That's something that uh, our, our teams have been really been really good at is being kind of those dark horse teams in the playoffs that, you know, they're going to they're gonna give you a run for your money. Even, I mean, Wapsie put the number one team in, uh, in Class A last year almost on upset alert because, you know, they were playing their hearts out. And they've done that the past who knows how many years. It's been a while. Um, but, I mean, Wapsie's not that far off from being a, a good contender in Class 2A for volleyball. And then uh, as we move into football here, Wapsie uh, played AGWSR uh, last week, um, last Friday night. I was there, and I apologize. If you didn't know um, what our situation was up there, Basically, it was it's a very crowded press box. Usually when we go on the road, that's why we don't go on the road a lot. It's because you never know what you're going to get yourself into. Whether it be us at Hudson doing a wrestling meet, literally sitting on the court recording or live streaming, or you're going to go to Western Dubuque and have a, have a great recording kind of little box to yourself. And it's... It gets better in postseason because then they have to make certain things out for the media, but I know you have to work with local radio stations and stuff like that. And so we were sitting in a, a wider box. It was it was a bigger box. Um, because when you go to EGWSR, it's kind of split. 
there's like four or five sections of just press box, and each party has their little own section. So, uh, the AGWSR film guy has his own box, the radio stations has their own box, the PA guy has their own box, and then the two coaches, the coaching staffs, have their own box as well. Usually the film guys from their respective schools are in with the coaches in the same box, and that's how it was for us, but it was so crowded up there that uh, you had whoever had the ball, if the offense had the ball or the defense had the ball, the respective coach was up in the window looking out at the field. So, like, if defense had the ball, Coach Weber was up looking out the window. But if the offense had the ball, Kobe Reese was up looking out the window. And that was because there was not enough space for both of them to stand up there and communicate with each other. And it, you had Blake Hesse trying to do film for the uh, huddle sideline cam. And then you also had me and Riker actually trying to do a broadcast so the people can watch it. And they didn't have a huddle camera, so we had to bring our own camera. And it was just a mess. There was a mess of cords everywhere because you had all the huddle sideline equipment plus our own um, broadcasting equipment. It, it was just a mess, a big mess. And uh, But it was definitely not a mess. There you go. There's your transition. It was definitely not a mess for our, our football team. They ended up wiping the floor with uh, AGWSR. 55-0 to zero was the final score there. And by golly, man, this team is looking really good heading into the last two weeks of this season, uh, for regu regular season anyway. And they um, they've, have only had one loss, and that was to Denver. And I bet you now if we were to play Denver again, it would be a lot closer than what it was the second week of the year. Um, so, I mean, you're looking at a team that can make some noise in the playoffs. They're ranked sixth currently, I believe, in Class A. I'm going to fact-check myself here. Um, hold on a second. But, um, yeah, I'm looking at... Yes, Wapsie Valley's ranked six right now. They are five and one on the year. They have probably one of the easiest schedules in Class A, and that's, I mean, that's something to frown upon. But if you're looking at the team that's currently ahead of us, Lisbon, they have the easiest schedule in Class A football. So it's kind of easy versus easiest, you want to say, or easy versus easier. But uh, I, I really see this team maybe jumping Lisbon and jumping into that five spot by the end of the season. And uh, I was expecting the Nashville playing field game to actually be good, um, but they just lost to South Winnishies. Um Nashville playing field did. And to be reckoned, uh, or to be fair, I should say, Nashville did not have, I bet, I think, for like their three best players. They were out that night because of uh, the complicate or the, Complications they're having in Nashville right now um, with that whole situation. Uh, that's a different story. But um, it was I, – I really hope that's going to be a good game because I think it, it has the potential to be one of the better games in high school football for that week. And something like that is going to get you fired up for playoffs. I mean, they, they play AGWSR and BCLUW, who – two teams that have really not been good in a long time. but. I mean, there are two teams that are never going to give up. Never. Never, never, never. And most teams are kind of like that. They could be down 30 with two minutes left in the fourth quarter. They don't care. They're going to 
play it until the last second on that on that scoreboard. And that's what Wapsie does. I mean, they play to the whistle. They are the offensive line has really um uh picked up the pace here um in the last few weeks. They they're looking really good. Um Kanan Decker does not have to run for his life every Friday night and the offensive line is actually holding itself together while also we're incorporating the pass game more. And to be fair, um I will say the the pass game has not really been there the last few weeks. I, I believe when we went to North Butler, we didn't even complete a pass. Um, but that's aside the point. And uh, the run game has been really good. And we have two really good running backs in Hunter Curley and Trayton Sauerbrei. Sad that Trayton Sauerbrei is going to be gone next year. But I think he's got a, a fitting replacement, Hunter Curley. And then behind him is uh, Brayden Dana. And then behind him is his brother, Caden Dana. So you're looking at a team that could be is going to be good for at least a few years and has the potential to make some noise in the playoffs. And I think there is a possibility here. I'm not counting it out that we don't go to the Dome this year. And that's what we're talking about in practice every day is we have to have a Dome-quality rep every rep. That's what City, or Coach Sitting always says to us. You have to have a Dome-quality rep if you want to make it there. and. It's something that a lot of us have really kind of uh, taken to heart, and we're trying to, you know, beat the guy across from you every play. And you're going to win games if you do that. So for us to – I think the biggest competition we're going to have in the playoffs is probably going to be either St. Ansgard or West Hancock. I I think we can hang with them. It's going to come down to the wire if we play them. I don't think there's a possibility that we just get – uh, blown out if we play when we play in the playoffs. I don't I don't see that happening, but um, I I really think there's a there's a possibility that you know we make some noise in the playoffs and you know you could see us in the dome by the time uh, that time comes around. So we're going to do a little bit of a recap here. So the line score for Wapsie Valley versus AGWSR was twenty one points in the first quarter, 20 points in the second quarter, and seven in the third and fourth quarters. So, Kanan Decker went six for seven, 104 yards through the air, no touchdowns, but had 27 rush yards for a touchdown on the ground. Trayton Sauerbrei, 11 attempts, 128 yards, and four touchdowns again. I mean, he is just unbelievable. And uh, I think he was um, giving Riker some uh, crap about him not getting talked to Trap Athlete of the Week last week when he literally had the game of his life. And I will say, I feel like we gave it to him a little bit early. We probably could have given it to Jake Shore week one and saved us the, the whole train sour bride just becoming Barry Sanders every week. But um, what are you going to do? Can't change it now. Um, Ian Bozinski had three receptions for 72 yards. And then on defense, Jake Shore again leads the team in tackles. Uh, four and a half, and then three tackles for loss along with a sack. So, I mean, a very good overall game for, for Wapsie. And this this was kind of a team game. There wasn't a, there wasn't a whole lot of um, individual statistics. It was more of just us playing together as a team, which is what you're going to need when you get to the playoffs. Something that I did want to talk about, Wapsie had five turnovers, I believe. Five turnovers. 
that's yeah, that's crazy. That is uh that is something. And uh three of them were interceptions. We had two fumble recoveries. And uh one of the interceptions was a pick six. Josh Lysico jumped the route. He read that quarterback like a book and he took that thing straight to the house. And he flew down the sidelines. We were like, gosh, I didn't know Josh was that fast. Because he, ju- he just left everybody in the dust. And he was moving. And, um, I mean, he has he had a game um, last week. He was all over the field. He was uh, played running back for a little while uh, towards the second half of the game. He played some receiver as well. And that's when we started to rotate in uh, some of the guys that don't see uh, – much playing time when we're when we're playing those big games, but they're just as important. I mean, they always say you're only as good as your weakest link, and when that last guy is better, it makes the team better because then the team has to be better to match him. You know, if that if that guy that is you know on the varsity, you know those backup guys, they have to be just as good. If not, they have to push themselves to try to be better than the starters to try to get that starting spot. And uh, it takes time, it takes work, and it takes effort. And they're doing a great job. This team looks like it's a complete team. They look like they have depth. Um, I want to give a shout-out real quick. Briar Bellis. We talked about him so much in the stream. We probably talked about him more in two minutes than we did Jake Shore the entire night. Sorry, Jake. But, I mean, freshman, student varsity, you got to play varsity? This is... Reckon it was in the fourth quarter when it was like 55 nothing already. But, I mean, can we talk about it for a second? He was, he. I talked to him in like third hour that day, and he was so nervous about it. And I'm like, you, you just got to relax. Let the game come to you. Like, I know anything. Like, I know what I'm talking about. But, you know, just trying to help a friend out. Uh, but he said it was probably the most nervous he's ever been in, or the most nervous situation he's ever been in. And I can't blame him. I mean, you're a freshman starting, or not starting, uh, playing varsity. I mean, that's crazy. Not a, not a lot of people get to say that. So and he's, he's one of the guys that gets to say that. And speaking of freshmen, um, I don't know if we talked about the AP game any. I'm going to recap it quickly here. Uh, freshman played AP a few weeks ago. That game was a blast, and it came down to the wire. It was 16-0. I shouldn't say came down to the wire because it really didn't, but uh, it was 16-8 was the final score. Um, I I really don't have much to say. The offense kind of died in the second half. We scored uh, 16 points in the first half, didn't score anything in the second half, and then um, AP scored a, a touchdown with like 17 seconds left in the game. Yeah, so, yeah, I mean, it is a good game overall from uh, from us, and I think uh, we're looking towards MFL um, next week, next Tuesday at home, which, by the way, we were talking about JV scheduling. Holy crap. The last, like, four weeks, it's been game Monday, game Thursday, and now we have a game on Monday and then a game the next day on Tuesday. Gosh. <laughs> For somebody like me or JJ, uh, me, JJ, uh, a lot of the skill guys, uh, Hayden Ryard, I mean, even a lot of the freshmen play on JV. And, I mean, I know JJ and I start on uh, the offensive line for JV, 
and uh, we have to play an entire JV game, and then turn around the next day and play a, fr a freshman game. And I mean, you're—I'm not gonna be able to walk on Wednesday, but it, it'll be worth it for sure. But uh, yeah, JV went up to play AGWSR Monday night. That game was just about as just about the same as the varsity. Now we didn't beat them 55 to nothing. We beat them 50 to 14. And uh yeah, it was I don't know. We there was a lot of turnovers. And I, I will say this is kind of how the second half went. You wanna know how the, the start of the second half went. Um kickoff, they fumbled the kickoff, and then I, I believe Carter Kaufman picked it up and just ran it straight for a touchdown. So then we go back, kick it off again, they recover it, finally. They go down at like the four-yard line, something like that. The very next play, they fumble a snap or a handoff or something, and Tanner Bergman picks it up and runs it straight in the end zone for a touchdown. And I'm like, okay, well, there's 16 points right away, or 14 points. I think we missed the two points right after. But uh, 14 points right away. We go back out, kick it off again. We come back out, they run like three plays and then throw a pick. So Caden Dana with the interception on that one. But uh it's like, what is happening? <laughs> and then um because they we there was they had so many fumbles, it was crazy how many fumbles they had. It was like like it's not even raining. Why are you fumbling so much? Cause they had like five, six fumbles on just snaps. Snaps and then uh handoffs. And it was it was crazy. Or even when the players were running the ball, they get the ball punched out, and they recovered two of them. And I will say we did have our fair share of fumbles. I believe we had three. And uh, it's like there's no rain. Like it's not raining. If it was raining, then yeah, it makes sense. I've played in the rain before as a center. It sucks. It, it's it's not fun to play in the rain as a center. But you can't really do anything about it. You just kind of have to figure it out, and snap the ball. But uh, usually they have towels, so the ball stays dry for the most part anyway. Maybe towards, like, the fourth quarter it is not dry anymore. But, um, yeah, I, I don't know what to say. I think we're just looking towards BCRUW right now. Um, the freshmen will play MFL Marmac next Tuesday. JV plays BCLUW the day before. And then uh, Varsity plays BCLUW this Friday night um, at home. And I believe it is senior night. Uh, actually, yes, it is senior night this week. So, it's the last one at home for uh, the seniors. I, mean, I shouldn't say the last one because we're going to host a playoff game if we win these next two, which we should. Um, but it's the last regular season home game for uh, the seniors. So, they, uh, congrats to them. They've had a, they've had a good uh, career here at Wapsie Valley, but they ain't, they're not done yet. They still got three, four, maybe five, six weeks left in the season. So hopefully six weeks left in the season if we go to we go to the dome. So I think for Wapsie, it's just we got to get past the the quarterfinals. Usually, I talk like I said, I, I talked to Blake a lot, and he said it used to be we couldn't get out of the second round. But now it's like we can't get out of the quarterfinals. I think we've made the quarterfinals the last three, four years and haven't made it to the dome once. I think we're 0-5 in quarterfinals games in the last – five, six years. So it's not fun, but uh, hopefully we can make it to the Dome this year and get past that quarterfinal round. So um, 
I've heard a lot of things saying that you guys want a face cam. You guys want to see us when we do these podcasts. And obviously, if you haven't heard his voice yet, Riker's not here today. I try to leave it out because he's not, it's not his fault. Half the time, it's really not. I mean, today he had a dentist appointment. He's got chiropractors. He's got doctor's appointments. Like, whatever. It's Wednesday. We don't have school today. If you didn't know, first Wednesday of the month, we don't have school. So, I can I can see why you put all of your appointments on a Wednesday when we don't have school. It makes sense. But um, I was like, I just got here at practice. I'm like, we haven't had an episode up this week yet, so I might as well just come in and do one quick and uh, get it out for you guys to watch today. So I think, uh, yeah, he's he's going to be back next week. He should be anyways. If he's not, then we got some issues. And then uh, we're working on episode 15. That should be up this weekend, hopefully. Uh, hopefully this weekend. If not, it'll be the start of next week, probably Monday, Tuesday of next week. Um, and that one will be a uh, a non-sports episode. You won't see another sports recap till episode 16 comes out, which will probably be next mid next through the midweek, Wednesday, Thursday ish. Um, but uh, we have a little bit of time left, so talk of the tribe athlete of the week this week. Um, we've got some candidates. Obviously, Trayton Sarbrai's in there. Um, I want to throw Josh Lystico in there as well. He's been phenomenal. He played a he played a phenomenal game at AGWSR. Um, I'm gonna throw Taylor Boer in there as well. Um, by the way, if you didn't know, Wapsie Valley leads um, class two uh, A in assists. Or sorry, not class two A, the whole state in assists. So that's pretty good. <laughs> Um, we're looking towards, uh, obviously, playoff volleyball here as well. I'm, gonna, I'm trying to look up stats quick so I know what who to pick here. I'm trying to figure out who I really want to pick for Athlete of the Week this week. I'm going to look at some stats quick. All right, here we go. We got some volleyball stats. So, Taylor Boer, she's got basically 300 kills on the year, 296. And we talked about this. There's a real chance she hits. We talked about it. There was kind of something we talked about on the way to uh, or way back home from AGWSR was, is there a possibility um, that she gets to 1,500 kills? And there is. There's a real chance. It's not undeniable. I mean, there's a there's a chance that it does happen. Um, I'm gonna look at here. So Taylor Boer had four kills, four and a half kills. I'm surprised they do half kills. I didn't know that. Um, four and a half kills uh, against Hudson, and then we'll look at the Grundy Center game here. Um, that's here. So this was Grundy Center. She had, she didn't even lead in kills. Anna Curley led in kills with two and a half. And they only had 13 kills that entire game. And I know it adds up over time. Um, you're looking at it, and I know when they play five, there's a lot more quantity of, of kills, especially when you play five sets instead of three. 
So, and usually they don't even play three if you beat them in two. So, I, I really don't think, I, I really want to give it to Taylor at some point because we haven't yet. And I've given it to basically everybody else, just not a volleyball player yet. But I don't think I really can when you have to look at what everybody else is doing. I mean, I'm looking at uh, cross-country runners, Jalen May. She's led the war or Wapsie Valley girls cross-country team the last five meets, it seems to be. Uh, Aiden Shannon has done a phenomenal job switching from football to cross-country as well. Trayton Sauerbrei, four touchdowns a game. I mean, what do you want to say? And then Josh Lysico with the pick six, and he had a phenomenal night um, against AGWSR. In fact, I'm going to look at this quick because I want to know if Josh Lysico really has the – can really contend here. I'm going to look at this quick. Football. Okay. So Josh Lysico has – Really, he's three carries for seven yards. He doesn't have a touchdown. But on defense, he is, he is really good when it comes to defense. He has 19 solo tackles for uh, one, one and a half sacks. He has four tackles for losses. So 26 and a half total tackles. He is the leading tackler that is not a defensive lineman. Beside, or I guess, I guess Tucker Ladderberg beats him by a tackle and a half. And he's a linebacker. Like, think about it. Josh Lysico plays corner. Plays cornerback. And he leads tacklers that are not defensive linemen. And he's a one and a half tackles behind Tucker Latterberg, who's a linebacker. So, I I don't know what to say. I'm going to give it to Josh Lysico. Josh Lysico, talk of the Tribathlete of the Week. Um, if you want to throw a runner up in there, it's probably either Trayton Sauerbright or Jalen May. For a runner-up, um, no one's beaten Trayton Streak yet. He's got like three, four in a row. So I'm waiting for either like somebody like Jalen May or Aiden Shannon to beat the streak here. Maybe if they have a, a good showing at districts, they'll get a get a talk of the tribe athlete of the week to push their uh, counters up to two because they both have one currently. But I'm gonna give it to Josh Lysico. Um The pick six was crazy. Uh, <laughs> I was watching it and it was. I like I couldn't even get the camera turned because it happened so fast. And he just flew down the sideline. And I'm like, what happened? <laughs> you, you just blink and it's it's over oh, it's over. The play's over. But um yeah, talk of the tribe athlete of the week this week is Josh Lysico. I'm gonna get into the screen time quick before I sign off here. So I'm gonna I might text Riker and see what his screen time is. I should have done that at the start of the episode, so I have it. In fact, I'm gonna do this right now. Hopefully, he responds to me before we before we get done. Alrighty, there we go. So, waiting for Rikers. I'm gonna give you uh, my screen time real quick. Um, four hours and one minute. Uh, for me, yeah, not that high. I mean. I mean, I was I had a football game that day, so like that whole six p.m. to like eleven p.m. was just not. I didn't have screen time because uh, I wasn't on my phone. So yeah, I'm gonna. Let's, I'm hoping for Riker to text me back quick here, but uh, he might be in a doctor's appointment. <laughs> um, but there you have it. 
talk to the tribe. Uh, I want to give one final shout out. I forgot to do this in the beginning of the episode. Bubba Seaman, the What Is Up podcast. Go listen to it. It's a great podcast. They've had, uh, I mean, Bubba just has great conversations with people. He's a great talker. Uh, overall, just a really great guy. And he's had uh, Scott Broton. Um, he's had Ryan Peterson. And then he's had um, uh, Dustin Cooch. I, or Cooch? I don't know how you pronounce that. Hopefully. Or Dustin Cook, maybe. Yeah, I, I don't know names. But uh, go listen to his podcast. It's really good. Uh, the What Is Up podcast. He gives us shout-outs all the time. And I've just kind of forgotten to the last few weeks. Um, but, um, yeah, go listen to his podcast. He's done a great job of starting it. Now, he did ask me for a lot of tips. I don't like to take credit for that because I'm not the guy you should be asking tips for on how to start a podcast. But um, there you have it. Um, Talk of the Tribe podcast episode 14. I think that's all for us. I, I don't think Riker's not going to text me back, so I'm not even going to worry about it. Uh, we're just going to imagine and say it was like 10 hours or something because that's probably what it is. So we thank you for listening to Talk of the Tribe uh, episode 14. Uh, we're getting into conference volleyball and then uh, week seven football next week. It'll be week eight football. Um, the recap of BCLUW and then playoff football is in two weeks. And I'm so excited for playoff football. Playoff football in high school is a time to be alive. So we thank you for listening. Talk to the Tribe podcast episode 14. As always, I'm Zach Babers. And until next time, go Warriors.